This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Tigers. Tigers burning bright. On hallowed turf, a glorious sight. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? Tigers, tigers burning bright. Hello and welcome back to To Hull and Back podcast. Will here, unfortunately, and can't make it to this episode, but I am still joined as always by Joel. Almost says always. In recent times, you're a regular member, more regular than that is. Oh, yeah, it's not hard anymore to be more regular than <laughs> I've got a couple of games to talk about today in the form of Fleetwood Town and Sunderland, and we'll obviously touch on the Lincoln game coming up and a possible promotion party incoming. I am excited already, mate. Well, then we best get through the uh recent fixtures first before we get through to that. So Right, so we're starting off with Saturday's visit of Fleetwood Town. 2-1 victory from behind. Kind of a game of two halves, essentially. And what were your thoughts on it, Joel? Yeah, same, same thing there, really. The game of two halves. We started the, started the game like we usually do. We were dire. We looked like we weren't going to get anything out of the game at all. And then we came out in the second half. It looked like Grant McCann shoved a rocket up the backsides. And they decided they're actually going to go win the game. One, one mention would be Dan Batty. We had to keep him quiet. He did cause problems, but we managed to keep him just about quiet enough to get the win. I would argue he got a goal completely wrongly ruled out. Yeah, I did get away with that one, to be fair. Um, but, you know, sometimes they think sometimes the um, referee decisions swing our way, sometimes they swing the opposition team's way. We just got to yeah. take ours as we, as we get them. Yeah, I think referees are going to pop up again later in the episode. But so, obviously, coming from behind 2 1. It's, as you say, City just on the regular. It happens, I think, it feels like every single game, City, the first quarter of an hour, are just non-existent in every single game they play. I don't get why, because you'd think after a while, Grant would try and do something about it, but it never changes in that front. Whereas whereas our performances in general have got better, we still have really slow starts. I think that our players in general just struggle to get settled into a game. So if a team starts to attack us straight away, that's when we start to struggle. And then we slowly get into the game. Then we get to half-time, jig a few of things around in the changing room, and then grab a can centre them back out with some new ideas and they actually know what they're doing on the pitch then instead of flapping around like useless clowns. 
Yeah, um, a half-time seems to be coming a bit of a godsend in recent games for City. What McCann's saying seems to be working. Is it McCann or is it Cliff Byrne? It could be Cliff Byrne as well in his shorts. But... Yeah, Mr Adman in his shorts. He'll be, he'll, he'll be telling them in there if they don't play, well, he'll be after them. I will mess with Cliff. Right, so we're going to try and come up with three good points and three bad points from each game. Yeah. So can you think of, so have you got like three points you could probably say positively about the game? I'm not sure if I've got three. I probably will name three in, in, in the end, but I haven't got three on the top of my head. So my first main positive point of the game was probably the way that Daniel Crowley steps into Honeyman's shoes. He yeah. was able to he was able to give us some sort of attacking threat. Maybe not as much as Honeyman usually does, but he did have his he has his moments, especially with that assist at the end of the game to actually win us the game. But uh, yeah, I have to say that Daniel Crowley is probably one of our most technically gifted players when yeah. he's playing at the top of his game. But sometimes he can hide in his shell a little bit during the game. And that's probably why Birmingham shipped him out to us. But when he does play well, we do usually reap the rewards. Yeah, on a technical um, level, he's better than the league one. Yeah, 100%. In terms of another positive point, I suppose we actually managed to scrape through the game as a positive point. We managed, managed to be able to take the vital three points, which is very important at this stage of the season. If we were to drop points, Peterborough, Sunderland, Lincoln or Blackpool at that stage could have gained on us to be able to pull away from them a little bit. And, and a couple of them didn't win. But um, yeah, to be able to pull away from them before we ended up playing Sunderland yesterday. Can't think of a third point. No, That's can't. all right. I you would, might I would something. I, I would def- absolutely agree on the fact that Obviously, with Honeyman missing, I think a lot of people, similar to when Burke had to go out and Slater came into the side, a lot of people were a bit like, oh, no. But Slater has played magnificently since he came in, to be fair to him. completely. He's making me eat my words. But when we saw Honeyman wasn't playing and he's injured and you're just thinking, oh, no, oh, no. Because he is our linchpin in the team. He is the man who creates the most. And I think he's he's such an influence in midfield that having him not there, regardless of who you replace him with, there's just so much energy lost. And I, it was quite evident, I thought, in the first half, they did seem to have the midfield, the running off the midfield a bit, particularly with Dan Batty trying to prove a point. Yeah. Um, but Crowley, I thought, had a decent game. He just, he, he's obviously, he's just a different player to Honeyman, so it took time for, I think, the team to sort of adjust around it as well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because um, Daniel Crowley, he doesn't cover as much ground as Honeyman. No. So the, the other midfielders had to adapt to that. Slater and Doherty did adapt well to it, um, swept up any anything they needed to. There was times where we were missing extra man in midfield, and that was when Daniel Batty was getting hold of the ball in deep midfield and pinging passes to the wingers. Another mention, another, another player for Fleet would be Wes Burns as well. Wes yeah. Burns um, caused a lot of problems there, number seven, for anyone that doesn't know. He was tearing Callum Elder to shreds sometimes. Yeah, in the first half, he had he had Elder on toast for a lot of it. And obviously for the girl, I think Elder got into the game as it went on. But in that first half, he was really causing problems for him. Yeah, 100%. I think, yeah, seeing City as well, for another point, um, seeing City come from behind in a game, obviously showing that resilience is always a positive, especially at this stage in the season when the points, City need to make sure, as you said before, with the other teams near us, need to get those points on the board and need to make sure they keep that distance. And obviously, with on yeah. the weekend, with Sunderland losing and us winning, it just created even more of a gap. I think my, my third point would be 
probably is going to come up again later, but Josh McGuinness. He's catching up Wilts on the girl scoring charts, and in recent his recent form has been superb in front of goal, and it's nice to see him continue that. And it's his best goal scoring season by a country mile, I think, at this point in his career. Yeah, yes, um, yeah. It feels like it's been a while since we had a striker up front who has that presence like he's had in the in the middle, and it's nice to have that again. Yeah, he has been very, very important to the way we play because when we played the likes of Malik Wilkes or Keynote Potter in the centre, we seem to struggle a little bit more in attack. But having that man to be able to hold the ball up, get our wingers into the game and then chip him with a load of goals himself. All, I, all I've got to say is we need to trigger that one-year extension that's in his contract because he is he is due to leave at the end of the season if we don't. I, we think, can't we let him go. I, think, we'll, I think we'll keep him around in the Championship. And yes, I did say the championship. I think he'll absolutely stay. We can't afford to lose him really at the moment. He's he might be the most important of the front three at the moment. But yeah, definitely. They all have different. They all bring something different, really. But I would say he's the most. He's the most vital at the moment because I think White's a good. You could bring in White, and I think the front three would still be quite decent. I think when you bring in Eves, the front three falls. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's more. I think it, him not being around is it's so much more of a detriment. So when he is in the team and he's scoring goals, and he's 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 wrestling the, the defense and pushing them all over the place, it's just he's so good to see. Now we've done our positives. I'll just check if have you got any negatives or any bad points from the game. So, uh, yeah, I think one negative I could think of the game was sometimes when Calamelda was getting caught. And I've, I've been praising Callum Elder on Twitter all season, being backing him when fans have been slating him, saying, you oh, know, he's, he's good, he's good. But in the past few games, he has looked a little bit dodgy, um, especially against Fleetwood, where, as I said, Wes Burns was having him on toast. He was just ripping him to shreds, and it looked like Elder was a little bit tired out there. Yeah, in that, in that first half in particular, yeah, he was he was struggling with him. I think in the, I think in the second half, Elder did grow into it and got better as it went on. I think, but that's, that was also a part of the our whole team getting better as it went on as well. I think that was what contributed to that. But yeah, he has been caught out a couple of times recently by anyone with like a bit of trickery, um, which is a little concerning. He's still, I think he's still a decent defender, but he, he just needs to, I think his defensive awareness, he just needs to up it a little bit. Yeah, sometimes he gets a little bit too excited and bombs on a bit too much. Yeah, he does. He needs that balance that Louis Coyle has, where Louis Coyle will push up, but then he'll get back when he's needed back. He won't leave his, he won't leave his centre-backs without a man on the, on the edge, so to speak. Yeah. You got any other points you could criticise? Probably Malik Wilkes being a bit quiet again. He, he had another quiet game against Fleetwood. Um, I mean, yeah, early in the game he had, he had another. He had a good choice. He had a good chance early on in the game, which he probably should have scored. I mean, it wasn't the worst chance he missed this week, but it was. It was another case of him having a good chance and not taking it. Yeah, um, which is at I, this stage of the season, he can't hmm. be missing him. Well, yeah, for me, obviously, I think some of that happens often. Is, I think one of the things is, is that first half performance in general. City just City looked like they were still waiting for three o'clock for kickoff in that first half. Yeah, a lot of them um, turned up, and it looked like yeah, exactly. And then one of them turned up. They all just looked a complete step off the pace compared to Fleetwood. And they seemed, and to follow on that, and to go to the second point, 
Dan Batty ran the show in midfield, and I still don't know why we let him go, really. Because I think I think he was good enough to be at least involved in the squad. Maybe not start, but I thought he was good enough to be involved in the squad. And he probably actually, if he was still here, would have probably been playing for us today that game instead of Slater. Yeah, he probably would have been. But uh, then again, with Grant, McCann, with Grant McCann in charge, I doubt it. Because possibly. McCann seems to have a little, like, I don't know. At one point, I used to something say... Something happened there between the two. Yeah, at some point, at one point I said that something like Slater, Slater has some sort of photos of McCann's wife or something because he was just putting him in the team or something him on every game. While the like, while the likes of Dan Batty, even Jordan Flores has just been had just been sitting in the reserves. Mm, yeah, Flores is only like in the under twenty ones for the most part, and twenty threes I should say. Um, I'm surprised yeah. he's not appeared more. But it was just it, it was it was both horrible to see because it's like oh no, it's a former city player coming back to haunt us. At the same time, I was like, he probably deserved maybe a bit more of a chance. At the moment, I wouldn't obviously at the moment the the way the team's playing, I probably wouldn't want him in the side. But it's just a no. shame that that had happened in the first place that he had to look go. Right then, so moving on to last night's battle at the top between Hull City and Sunderland at the KC. A two-all draw. Probably a, a much better result for City than it was for Sunderland, of course. But um, what was your thoughts on it? We were lucky, I'd say, to come away with a point in that game, given that Sunderland started off a hell of a lot better than us. They got their first goal, obviously, through Jordan Jones on loan from Rangers. Uh, we went very, very good volley into the bottom corner. You can't argue with that. There was there was no stopping that for Ingram. It cut right across him. I, I thought the defending was a little bit iffy from City. It was another it was, one where yeah. Elder got a bit caught out and Coyle was marking his man, but the problem is the man he was marking should have been Jones and he was making up for his centre-back's error. I think it was I think it was Greaves who had been the one who should have, he should have been there. But so it was a bit of a mess defensively. Yeah, it did leave Ingram hanging out to dry there, really. There was no way he was getting across to it because it was no. a very, very good strike. And then we got our equaliser for a header from McGuinness. Mallet Wilkes actually passed the ball, so that's a very big surprise. I don't know how many assists he got this season up to now, but... Yes. Until this game, I think he had two when he just doubled his tally in a game. Well, that's just reminded me, actually. The second minute of the game, throw goal, Lewis Potter. Pass it. Why did he not, it. Why did he not slide him through? Because it's Malik it could, it could have easily been 1-0 early on. We could have had all of the momentum and we could have got a hold of the game in the first half for once. Yeah. Um, it's funny because we were on about the first half not being great. We actually started against Sunderland well and as soon as we missed that great chance, then we suddenly stopped playing. That Obviously, that chance, if he passed it to KLP, it could be a completely different game. Yeah, it could have easily been a completely different game. We could we could have maybe pushed on, got a second. Especially with Sunderland's poor form recently, the players wouldn't. Have, I don't think the players would have had the characters come back and. But um, yeah, so their second goal, the referee very dodgy call in my opinion. But as a whole fan, I will say that with a with a Callum Helder handball from there, I think it was Lyndon Gooch. Who it was, I think. In his hand, yeah. 
he kind of kicked it over his head and then just put it at Elder's hand and somehow that's a penalty according to the referee. He was so, too close to that. I don't think it's a penalty because he's too close to it. I do think if we had got that penalty at the other end, I would I would have thought it was harsh because he's so cl- they're so close together when the ball's kicked. You wouldn't have any time to react. And ne- and his yeah. arm isn't like well out. It's it's down by his side nearly, or it's in, just in front of him where it would normally be at that point. It's not in a natural place. It's just one of those where I just don't get how we can. Based on the rules, I don't get how it's handball. Before even that, the referee had already had a shocker by not sending Charlie Wyke off for smashing Jacob Greaves in the face. Yes. Yeah, that I cannot believe he got away with that. He literally had, he literally had a battle scour for the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the game. It what was blindingly obvious about, he got elbowed. Yeah. What concerned me about with the Mercy is that he booked Wyke, which means he did see it. But if he sees that and books him as a yellow, and I was actually watching, the stream I was watching for some reason, um, I couldn't get the City's commentary on. I had to listen to Sunderland's commentary on, annoyingly. But that was fun. It was <laughs> fun. It was very, very biased. But even they were saying, if it's a booking, it's a sending off. So even they were, were like, it's either you give nothing or you give a red. Yeah. And that is, yeah. I agree with that. You either, you either... You either haven't seen it and you give nothing, or what you give is a sending off. Yeah, I, I still don't understand why that's not being given as a red, but that's just this this ref just seems very, very strange when it comes to our games. And it made a mess of Chris's face as well. Yeah, poor, poor lad. But yeah, um, so, so the second goal as well, Mallet walks past the ball again, and as you said, doubled his tally for the season on assists. I don't know what has been said to him to actually start passing the ball? Because he did come out in the second half like a man on a mission. Well, I think one it was either 1-0 or 2-1. In fact, I think it was at 2-1 when a corner yeah, came in. It might have been at 1-0. Uh, yeah, when a corner came in, McGinnis headed it on and about one yard from goal, Wilkes managed to completely miss the ball with his left foot, which he should have gone for on his right foot, but obviously you're scared oh, yeah. to use it. And I think that sort of... that. When that happened, it sort of clicked in his head. It's like, I think maybe he thought it wasn't going to be his night. Yeah, kind of put his head down and kind of sauntered around the pitch for a bit, feeling sorry for himself. Yeah, because even, even with that, it's funny because even with the, even though he got two assists, I don't think he had a good game at all. No, he did, he did, for, a, he did for a little bit of a hissy fit, didn't he? Um, with especially the at the linesman. That should have been red as well. I'm surprised that that, because uh, I always thought if you lay your hands on officials, it was a red card. Yeah, right. Not a non-biased person would say red because he, he's no literally the flag up his hand. It's I just don't understand. It, yeah, no one even questioned it. Like I said, I was listening to Sunderland's commentary. They didn't even question it, which I was I surprised. I think Myla said something on our commentary. I think Myla was saying something about him not... He shouldn't have done that. No, he shouldn't. But uh, there was nothing much more said about that after then. But I, I yeah. assume Grant's had a word with him, obviously, since then, I would hope. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we obviously got back into it. It was two all, and then we just about survived at the end uh-huh. in injury time. Now, literally sat on my hands on my head watching that game at the end, when, especially when they hit the bar. I was so set, and they were. Well, I couldn't believe they didn't score. I'm not gonna lie, I couldn't believe someone didn't nick it at the end. And I, I to be honest, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have argued if they had because they had played, even though the second half city had much well grown into it. Sunderland were still good, and they still 
may have edged. I think they probably did edge it over the 90 minutes, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I, I couldn't have complained if they had scored. I would have been annoyed, very annoyed, but I, wouldn't have, I couldn't have complained. We got, we got away with one, really. We should have really come away with no points, but we got lucky, and then that kind of give us, gives us this weekend as an opportunity. Those, yeah, which we'll, obviously, we'll go on to soon, but yeah. Yeah, obviously the permutations, obviously on Tuesday, where we needed Blackpool to lose or draw and Lincoln to lose um, for us to have a chance of going up. Obviously, Lincoln won in the earlier kickoff, so it didn't, by half time it was already decided that we weren't going to go up on the night. But yeah. I mean, Blackpool did lose. It was it was almost, there was a chance. And obviously, Peterborough also dropped points, which means we have increased the gap at the top just about for the time being. Yeah, I think if, if you look into it properly, I, do, I don't see a way any of the team, except Peterborough, I don't see the way we get we get caught by any of the others now because they've all got to play each other near enough. Yeah, I think even if we have a shocking end of season, I think we'll just about do it. Yeah, I think we'll just about do it even if we have a horrible last few games. And the, the fixture list a couple of weeks ago might have looked a bit better when Wigan and Lincoln were in horrible form, but they're back in form again now, bad looks of things. Um, uh, yeah, and obviously we finish we finish with Charlton as well. Obviously Adkins, hopefully by the final game everything's sorted out, so we don't have to worry about that as much. Because I do actually think I'll be honest, Charlton I do actually us. think they'll beat us. Yeah, they'll beat us. Because I think Charlton are a good show to go up at the moment with the form they're in through the playoffs. I think I think I think the top two is going to remain as it is. To be honest, in which order yeah. I don't know, but I think if anyone's good, I think in the playoffs, Lincoln getting back on form at the right time could help them. I think Charlton, the way they're playing, look the best chance at the moment because they're not just they're not just winning like they're just casting teams aside like they, they absolutely destroyed Plymouth. Yeah, if, well, if you look at the current four in that in them playoff positions, it's going to be interesting. Also, because it's Adkins, I want them to go up. Yeah. So going to our standard procedures, can you pick up maybe three good points from the game? I can give it. I can give it a go, really. Let's let's take the cop out and say Josh McGuinness for his two goals. Ah, it's not a cop out to me. Very well to suggest that as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's the cop out answer, but even though I've already used him for the last game, it. I would have used him for two games in a row. Yeah, shameless. You're shameless, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that that's one point out of the way straight away. So that saves a bit of thinking. The second positive point will probably be um, Regan Slater again, because in that midfield. He just seemed to be everywhere, absolutely everywhere, sweeping balls up, playing Doherty, playing Honeyman through. He just, he, I don't think he really put much of a foot wrong. He maybe, he maybe struggled at times when he had to try and get hold of Grant Ledbetter, but other than that, he had a near enough faultless game. Yeah, when Ledbetter went off, he had a, he, he suddenly had a bit more freedom and he looked a lot better. So you could see he had a lot more space and more to do. Yeah, because with Honeyman and Doherty, they're, they're sometimes pushed out towards where Lewis Potter and Wilkes are, which means that Slater had to look after the middle and Ledbetter was literally just plonked in the middle most of the game, just tackling everyone, getting the ball out to the, the Sunderland attackers. And it looked like if Sunderland were going to win the game, he would have been the pivot there to win mm-hmm. that game. With Gooch on the wing as well. He he looked like he was going to score quite a few times. He he was probably he was probably Sunderland's man of the match, Lincoln Gooch. To be fair, 
So uh, I'd say a fair positive. We're supposed to be picking positives, and we're just we're, we're, in the past few episodes, we've just been picking players we have. <laughs> it's easy, easy options, these. It is a very easy um, option, but sometimes the players are, some individual performances are so good that picking them out makes sense. I think I'm going to say Matt Ingram for that late save alone where he had to get down towards his bottom corner. That that could have been 3 2 Sunderland and that could have been it. Um, he, might, he saved us the point. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I can I get that because those last couple of moments when he made that save, yeah, nothing against George Long. I don't know if George Long would have made that save. He'd probably just watch it. From, he'd probably just um, stood there and watched it roll past him. But Ingram, well, there was a moment in the first half where he really messed up and he gave. He pretty much gave Sunderland the ball right outside the box, and thankfully it came to nothing. But apart from that, he was his usual self. Yeah. Um, for me. One of the, like I said, McGuinness is a big plus. Again, leading the line superbly. He essentially dragged the team level, really. With the way he played, he essentially dragged the team forward, obviously converting the two crosses from Wilkes. Um, his desire and attitude was just absolutely 10 on 10, top class. And at the moment, I think he's going to, at the moment, I think he's going to overtake Wilkes as top scorer. Because he's currently on 16 league goals, and well, you might not overtake him in all competitions. I think he might overtake him in the league. Because in the league, Wilkes has got 18, McGinnis has got 16, and the way McGinnis yeah. is playing, he's got a great chance to overtake him. Because Wilkes, while he's still scoring, he's not scoring as frequently. Yeah, he's just popping up with a goal every now and again out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, another positive would be, as with the other game, going behind and managing to come back into it, which I think City at the start of the season when they went behind, even though it wasn't very often, but when they did, they usually did not win the game or even get anything. But it's nice that the team now does seem to have a, a bit of resilience, which it didn't have a few like a couple of months ago. And probably my third positive, I'm going to do it again, I'm going to pick a player as well, in Greg Doherty, who I'm pretty certain has never been out of breath in his entire life. Um, yes, keep going. He must have, someone said it on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but someone said he must have to have a drug test after every single game because he doesn't seem to tire in any way, shape or form, no matter what. It gets like the 90 plus second minute and he's just running at the defenders. He's, he is, he's another one who is way too good for League One. He is way above League One level and I don't know what he was like compared to the rest of the Rangers midfield, but... Rangers won the SPL, and I'm wondering, was he not good enough for that team? I mean, he might not have been, but the way he's played, I'm like, why did he let them go for, for nothing, pretty much? Yeah, it's, it's a bit strange. Gerard just doesn't seem to use him in his wanting to use him to his system. Well, he's maybe, maybe a so. type of player Doherty is, maybe he wouldn't fit into Gerard's system. Possibly. I haven't really looked much at Rangers. Um the way the player or anything, I've just been watching out for the results, really. I'm just, I'm just surprised he was never in the squad. But, like I say, their loss is our gain. Yeah, definitely. So, can't really complain. Um, have you got any sort of... So, I know you'll have some. Have you, what sort of negative points have you got from the game? Ref. Ref. <laughs> yeah, just ref. <laughs> just, yeah, he... excuse, excuse me for going blue, but wanker. Yeah. He did it. He did it at Doncaster, where he was a bit dodgy. He did it again last night, where he was when a bit I, dodgy. When I heard at halftime that he was the same ref from that Doncaster game, a man who booked Greg Doherty for being injured, 
I, I, I thought we were going to get back into it, honestly. Um, I thought, nah, because he, he, that Doncaster game was horrendous. He just, the game just never, never flowed. I think there was, I don't know how many fouls there was in total, but I think there was something like 60 fouls across both teams in that Doncaster game. It was, he just doesn't, he feels like a referee who doesn't like football. He likes to be the centre of attention. Yeah, he, he felt like a like Premier my, League the ref. of League one. He felt like a Premier League ref, but without yeah. any ability whatsoever. The Premier League ref then. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, yeah. Uh, so can't really expand much more on that on the referee, but I'm not blaming the referee for us drawing. By the way, I'm not blaming the referee for us not winning the game. Oh, no, it's just um, we didn't deserve it, it regardless. It, but yeah, he it, fucking it, didn't it could have been better. <laughs> Another negative. Probably it's probably and I feel like I'm picking on him really, but Callum Elder um, looked a bit dodgy again. He, he looked like Lyndon Gooch was taking him a few times and he was out of position a few times again, which caused a few problems. But um, I can't really think of much else. Fair enough. Like you say, the referee, there's no way I can't not talk about him. He was a fucking jerk. The penalty wasn't a penalty. White should have been sent off. The, the constant stopping and starting of the game for... And it wasn't just us, to be fair. In the second half, in the first half, it was very bad. But in the second half, he was... I thought in the second half, he was rubbish for both teams. Constantly, no matter when... If there was a tackle, even if it was won, even if the play carried on, whatever it was, and he did the same in the Doncaster game, he stopped the game and just had gave the free kick. He feels like he doesn't know what the word advantage means. Yeah. But, yeah, he ruined... It was a good... I imagine as a neutral, it was a great game to watch. But he did make it a lot worse... Um, yeah, he seemed to blow for everything. Following on from the elder point, I would say I would I would maybe expand on it and say I don't think either fullback had a great game. I don't think Coyle had a great game either. Um, like I say, he was kind of partly at fault for the opener because he wasn't marking Jones when he should have really been. Um, yeah, I do think that I thought both fullbacks as the game wore on got better, but I thought they were they were very open in that first half. Both of them were. I think Elder was just attacked a little bit more, but whenever something came up against Coyle, he didn't really have... A, Jones was getting past him as well. I think Elder got unlucky because he had the penalty against him as well. But yeah. in the, I think in the second half, both did improve again. Both grew into the game. But again, City grew into the game in general, so... Full team effort, yeah. Yeah. And another negative is, I know we had that glory... Fucking Malik Wilt, right? <laughs> Like you said already, KLP's through one goal, pass the ball. Very yard out, just make contact. Yeah, there just was a moment. He got two assists and it feels wrong to put him as a negative with two assists. But his, his, his decision-making, for the most part, is absolutely fucking abysmal. Yeah, it is. It's, I, I don't know. I wonder how many more goals or assists he would have if he just looked up every now and then. If he had the ability to look he'd up. He'd probably have then. less goals, but he'd probably have a, an absolute load more assists. Uh, if he if he had more awareness of what's going on around him, he wouldn't be with us at the minute. He wouldn't, he, you're he, right. He, that, he, is, that is actually true. That is probably the reason he is here. That is the reason he's still here, because his awareness is... It needs so much improvement. I do think it, has, it, it is slowly getting better, but it's still not good. Thankfully, though, he was able to put a cross in 
um, a couple of times, which was nice. And we had someone on the in the middle on the end of it, which is it feels weird having a putting a having the winger be the one that crosses it in, because normally it's our full packs or Honeyman yeah. who normally put the crosses in. And when before that, when it was people like Bowen or Krasicki, I don't think they ever put a cross in. See, it's weird having wingers who cross again. But and on the going on with Wilkes as well as as we already said about the he needs to calm down because there's a it, I noticed it in the Fleetwood game when KLP scored in front of him, like beat him to it. He had a bit. He had like a mini tantrum on the pitch for a brief second, and then got up and started celebrating. He got up, he started like a mini tantrum, like, fuck, KLP scored instead. He, he got for a second and then he got up. And I'm like, fair play to him for not continuing that and getting up. But he needs to realise it's not just him. It's a team game. He needs, <laughs> yeah, he needs to start putting the team first. But I can't, apart from that, I think there isn't many other negatives. Like I say, I think a few, like a few weeks ago, we'd have lost that. Same with Fleetwood. So I think we have definitely come a, come along. Uh, we've definitely improved since like January time in the way that we're dealing with games and dealing with set situations. It's since the Ipswich game, since that absolute yeah. horror show against Ipswich, we haven't lost a game. So no, I think that kind of woke us up a little bit. Maybe. Because Blackpool lost to Rochdale of all teams. Paul McShane's Rochdale get in. Paul McShane. <laughs> because they lost to them, we now are, I think, the longest unbeaten now. Because they were like, yeah. 16 games unbeaten and they've lost the, the run. And it, it's it's a little... In a way, it's a shame about Paul because I was wanting them to keep pushing Sunderland and it looks like they might not now. Because they've they've not they've not like lost loads of games, but they've been drawing quite a few recently. And obviously, they beat yeah. Sunderland, but Sunderland might take something from last night and push on. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I was gonna jump in with, um, into that thing uh, with one comment on the Sunderland game. We should do our own little game of where's Wally, but change it to where's McGeady. Where <laughs> where, where was McGeady? He, he was, I, 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 I he was he apparently injured. Honeyman was gonna ruin him. Yeah, it was. Firstly, it was nice to see Honeyman was back in the team. Obviously, we're missing out against Fleetwood. Um, yeah, I do think he was a bit quiet, but it could be because he was injured recently. He was just getting back into it. Um, yeah, and obviously he went off early, which I assume was a fitness thing because of being injured. But yeah, McGee, no, no McGee there was probably the way that we started. I know everyone rags and says he's one of the he's the greatest player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> he's Ballon d'Or coming, but it was probably a good thing he wasn't playing because the way we started the game, he could have well had a field day with one of the fullbacks. To be fair, I think he would have. He'd have been against Coyle, I think, and. Like Carl yeah. struggle against Jones, and I think McGeady's a hell of a lot better than Jones. He definitely is. Right, so obviously moving on to Saturday and the visit down to Sinsel Bank away at Lincoln City. Obviously, they're getting back into form, really, with a couple of decent results recently. But City, no, they beat Lincoln, they are up. So there's no having to worry about any other results anywhere else. They know that against Lincoln, it's in their hands. And they know that 
the way that they didn't show up in the first half against Sunderland, they'd really need to sort of fuck their ideas up a little bit. And I think it being away from home, actually, might benefit them, obviously, with the way City's away form is. What are your thoughts, Joel? I think Saturday's game is going to be uh, like that like that game they play on YouTube. It's, is it called Test Your Metal or something? It's going to test the metal of our team. Oh, the one gonna... where they, they have the they do the targets on the goal, the City players. Yeah, I thought I'd had a little bit of a pun with that in there. But yeah, I think it's going to test the metal of our team. The pressure's on and they've got to... They've got to be able to adapt to that. They they will know that City fans up and down. Well, I won't say the country. We haven't hardly got any fans, but City, <laughs> City fans up and down Hull. Um, Let's say that there are people from South Africa and the Czech Republic and other places who listen to this podcast. So there yeah, might be some fair out, out in the country. For the record, I love all City fans. <laughs> so yeah, what was I going to say? Yeah, they're going to have the pressure on from all of us. We're all going to be watching and hoping that they're going to be able to put this season to bed and get us back to where we should really be now. Because I don't want to start talking about last season. We're getting, we're getting to the negative. We are, we are, everyone knows how last season went. We don't need to give ourselves yeah, flashbacks. Let's, let's forget that. The, the, like I say, the pressure, it's going gonna, it's gonna... to... I would <laughs> like to hope that the, the players feed on it, the pressure. Um, I think players like McGinnis are the sort of players that would that like that sort of thing. And of course, he's actually yeah. come out today saying, well, while, Mc, while uh, McCann said we're not focusing on, we're just focusing on each game at a time, I did see that McGinnis had come out earlier today in the whole Daily Mail and said, no, I want the title, which <laughs> I, no, I, I'm happy with the, some of the players having that mentality. I'm fine with it. I think the manager should never have that mentality, but if the players have that mentality, it's not as bad. Yeah. Um, and McGinnis is the sort of player who I think would have that mentality. And I think, think I don't think it's a bad bet to say he's going to score again. See, I've, McGinnis has said that, and we need to get over the line first, promotion first, and then focus yeah. on the title. I agree because, in general, but that's why I think I think it's fine when the odd player says it. Even if the manager had said that, I'd be concerned. If McCann had yeah, said no, but too far ahead. Yeah, but because it's the players. Because it's always it's one player. Because he's the only player who said it. To be fair, yeah, but, we know Wilkes is thinking it. Well, Wilkes, Wilkes <laughs> is absolutely thinking it. Um, he's been thinking about the title since day one, I bet. But yeah, um, so looking ahead to the game, I think they're going to have quite a lot of players that are going to threaten us, especially the likes of I think Johnson. They've got Scully. I have the names in my mind and I've forgotten them, but they have got some players there that can cause us some problems. Likewise, we have that, but that can cause them problems. But yeah, yeah I would, uh, go with, I would to... say George Grant's the one for me. Who's There's the... the one I was thinking of. Yeah, we need we need Slater if Slater starts. Now we've got Smallwood back. We've got Bear yeah, back, that, that is a start. that is a good that is a good point actually to bring up with players like Smallwood and Berg back. Obviously, Berg's been back a week or so anyway, but because Smallwood's back and obviously brought him on for Slater during the game. Um, which I actually thought that triple sub was a bit awkward timing, but we've we've finished with the Sunderland game now. It is one it is wonder because we didn't we didn't win. It is a wonder if he'll consider tweaking the team. Personally, again, I would even though we didn't win, I would stay with the same eleven again. Yeah, I, I can completely understand if he doesn't. I'm I'm going to say that I I don't want Smallwood starting. He'll be off the pace. He already is quite slow, and I think that Lincoln will just target him. Because I think in terms of like when he was playing every week, 
he was one of the weaknesses in terms of lacking pace. And when Jones came in, when he got injured, and then when Jones got slotted into the back with Beck's injury and Slater got, got put there, you can tell that would play a hell of a lot better with one of them two over Smallwood. Mm. But I do I do think I defensively think, Smallwood is good, but as you say, the pace is an issue. We'd need someone to cover him all game, and that's where we lose Doherty's attacking. Exactly, Because yeah. he'll have to sit back and sweep up if Smallwood gets caught out. Yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of people who have been getting 11 out of 11 every week on the uh, fan hub. That's going to be a problem because they've got yeah, all this, I think all I this competition now. I would go with a 7. I would 7. I would go with the same seven. 11 again. I, I think Adam does the same thing. He's going with the same 11. Alex, I, I can understand if he does make a change, but while they didn't win, I still, I, I, it sounds weird to say because it's not the correct 10, but you, I, you don't change a winning team. I know they didn't win, but the mentality, the, the, the mentality in the way that they're playing, I don't think you can really justify it as much. The one, the only way I can see it is if you put Jones maybe back into midfield and took Slater off the back. That that might be what he does, but I, I think possibly any other sort of change I wouldn't agree with personally. I do want to see Max Clark on the bench. Yeah, I would like to see Max Clark. Hopefully, Saturday if all goes well, and obviously we know if we win we go up. We might start seeing players like Max Clark in the team again, just for the last three games, knowing that yeah. we're already up. Yeah, once we're up, the, t- the title is just a bonus, really. But I still want to win the title. The yeah, well, that, that's one thing as well. On Saturday, obviously, we're playing Lincoln. Peterborough playing Charlton. Oh, I didn't Charlton. know that. So City have a great chance to not only obviously go up, but create what would be a, it would be a seven-point gap if the results went the way they want them to. Which means we could win the league against Wigan if things go yes. our way, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe I believe so, but um, it would put us in such a good position for title winning. Obviously, promotion is the is the priority. Obviously, because City have won bugger all, it would obviously be great to win the title. But I would say promotion first. Definitely, we've got to prioritise promotion because once we're back in the championship that's when McCann's going to get his tests. It is, because he's back to square one then. I mean, that's when we can... Because third place in McCann, for, I don't like him, I'll be honest, I, I haven't liked him, but I can't not praise him for the way that he's turned it around like, recently. Yeah, got to back him for a little bit. Exactly. If things like going wrong, then yeah, that's if, if things like going wrong in the Championship again, then yeah, um, he'll, he'll be getting the stick again from me. But until that yeah. point can't knock him really I do think it'll be a tight game I think it'll be a, a tricky game like because Lincoln a couple of weeks ago I would have looked forward to a lot more because their form was horrible they dropped yeah. so far off of where they were but because they've started getting back into the swing of things and winning games I'm definitely a lot more wary about it and I do think it'll be a close game I, I will t- I know I know a win gets promotion I don't want to draw um, I absolutely want to win because, like I say, win promotion. But I wouldn't consider a draw at the, at the end of the world. I agree with you to a certain extent, but I do definitely want us to go up this weekend. Oh, absolutely want us to go up. But I wouldn't consider a draw at the end of the world. I'd consider a loss concerning. So, um, should we do our score predictions? Yeah. And um, what are you thinking? I'm thinking I could I could end up being I could end up like jinxing us here, but. 
I'm thinking either a 3 0 or a 2 0 win. That would be lovely. Just because I think with the pressure being on our players, they're going to want to prove that they prove can perform. They can perform when they've got the spotlight on them. Because against Sunderland, there was the spotlight wasn't really on them solely. It was on Lincoln, Blackpool, and us. Yeah, but it's literally it's going to be solely on them to get the yeah. job done. I don't think any of the players on the team were even thinking of the promotion scenario at all last night for the Sunderland game. No. But there will be it will be in now. the back of the minds of a lot of them on Saturday. What are you saying? What score are you um, saying? It's funny because afraid. I do think if City score first, it could be comfortable. It, could, it can go one of two ways. I think it can go that way. Because I think if City score first early, it could be one of those games where, like, I'm not saying it'd be the same, but like Plymouth where they just start playing their best football because they know they're in, they're in the position where they, they know the score in terms of, like I said, it's in their hands. If they're in front, I think they will play even harder to make sure they stay in front. Yeah. But I think, I feel like I've said this score on every single one we've done so far, but I think it's going to be a 2-1 tight win. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have. I think I have. Just because... It's like I say, I keep repeating myself on the form thing. A couple of weeks ago, I'd have probably said like you 3 0 because Lincoln were in such poor form. But now it's just, it's so much harder to predict with the way their form's gone. But I do think, I don't think we will win. Don't care if this comes back to harm me. We will win and we are going up on Saturday. I can't wait yeah. for that to bite me on the arse, but I don't care. I'm really nervous now. <laughs> I'm really nervous this weekend now. Now we've sat and had a chat about it. <laughs> wow there's still a couple of days until that point so yeah it'll get worse <laughs> anyway yeah. just briefly for this is nothing to do with City this next bit but if you want to I know what you're going to mention how funny is the Super League fucking falling apart <laughs> knew it it's hilarious as soon as it was announced I thought to myself Oh my god, what's gonna what's gonna happen now? My first thought was, well, what's gonna what's gonna happen to our seasons? Are we is, is it all gonna be cut off because they're refusing yeah. to play? And then if that was the case, would we not go up? That was that was my first thought. Was a range gonna... of emotions was felt, mostly yeah, it was, could have ruined football. Still, don't think we should we should never forgive the owners of these clubs. Absolutely not. Um, like you said, when I saw it on Sunday evening, I was actually watching the football on Sunday evening on Sky when it was announced, and obviously seeing they all come come to a head. The main, obviously, like you say, there's a mix of emotions, but the main one is anger. These teams, you already have so much fucking money, you do not need any more money, and there's teams like Berry who need only a tiny amount of money to survive, and they get fuck all. It says Macclesfield as well, Macclesfield. Yeah. Um... They're really. I don't even. Do they even exist anymore? There's, there's plenty of clubs in League One and League Two. As, well, as Gary Neville said, there's plenty of clubs, League One, League Two, non-League, who would go bust and are yeah. going bust as we speak because of the way that football is right now. And these doing this, these six. Well, there's twelve, but in terms of England, these six wankers at the top just trying to get even more money than they don't even fucking need. Yeah. It's- Ridiculous. And it made me so happy to see it just crumble and fall apart. 
because essentially the league, the league, the whole point of the Super League was to save Real Madrid from their horrendously crippling debt because it's Florentino Perez's idea. It's his baby. He needed to find some way of giving Real Madrid more money and it's fallen in his face. But my concern now is, now it's all gone and it's dead. My concern now is, as you say, we should never forgive them. And I'm really, really worried that even though the Premier League and obviously the government and everyone said came out and said, we're going to punish these clubs. I've got a horrible feeling that now because it's broken apart, they're not going to get punished. Yeah, they need punishing. Just to, just to say, if this happens again, we'll punish you again. Because if, if there's no punishments happen, then these clubs are just going to decide that in maybe two, three It'll years. It'll happen again, yeah. In about again. six, five or six years' time, maybe even earlier, you'll suddenly, it'll suddenly rear its head again if you don't punish them. And I think not just punishing them, reform does need to happen. And obviously it got mentioned a lot, the whole, the rule in German football, the 50 plus one rule where the fans have a stake in at least 51% of the club. I think it needs to come in now. It has to come in. And I think because even because the government's review is is going to happen now, no matter what, because it's already been started, you're going to see a lot of people pushing for it. The only thing that is an issue with the 50 plus one rule is these owners that are investing could put these clubs in major debt and then leave and leave the debt on the fans, and that That's could true. kill clubs. So if they're going to bring the 50 plus one one in. They need to have some sort of protection for the fans. If these owners do decide, you know what, we'll pull in our investment, you deal with the finances. It is, it is, it is a tricky tightrope, and there is a there is obviously a long way to go on all of this anyway. If any of it happens, like say in a couple of days' time after saying this, they could still kick them out of the Champions League for all we know. It's unlikely, but it could still happen. Um, like I say, it's a start. Hopefully, it's the start of something that's needed to happen for a long time in football. And it's so nice seeing fans of clubs who have nothing to fucking do but hate each other, unify um, and just say, fuck you, we're not having this. And it's it's such a shame that fans haven't been able to be in, with this happening, that fans haven't been able to be at the grounds. Because I imagine, don't like Legion United, but I imagine Ellen Road would have been fantastic on Monday night against Liverpool. It would have been amazing just to see the response because it would have been so much of a statement against the Super League. Obviously, Leeds had their their shirts, which I think summed it up perfectly. Um, the Ernest shirts, football is for the fans, which it is. Yeah. Um, these these owners just need to remember that because without us, they're fucked. But enough of that crap because it's over now. Thank fucking Christ. Well, it's over for a few years at least if they don't punish you. Yeah. Um, Until they decide to try again. Yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully, like so, we've already seen people like Ed Woodward get get kicked out of his job. Hopefully, we'll see similar. Like, so going back to the fifty plus one rule as well. The fifty plus one rule rule comes in. The Alms are no longer in majority power. So that sounds like a brilliant idea. But you suddenly like it a lot more now. Yeah, and it'd be it'd be difficult. But yeah, yeah, um, it's one that it's it's just a groundwork now. It's something that needs to be looked at by people who actually understand it properly. We're just going through the basics. Getting someone who actually has an idea of finances and how to run a football club will probably be better equipped about talking yeah. about it. To be fair, but anyway, yeah, fuck the Super League. Thank God it's dead. Lasted it didn't last as long as the fucking milk in my fridge. <laughs> well, um, 
apart from that, have you got anything else to add tonight, Joel? Not really. I'm going to do Ant's job here. I'm going to say, um, just going to thank the sponsors, really. So they're like FIFA Factory themselves. They're still, still going strong. I think Ant's been playing it quite a lot recently. I think I need to get it to it at some point. I believe he has. Um, yeah. And then there's fan, there's fan Hub as well, which it's great. It's people, that, people that listen to this podcast on Fan Hub will get points to their score, which will pump, pump them up the league, which is well, which is a good thing as well. Fan Hub's a great app. It's great. It's a great not just for obviously the old point system, but it's a great source for news as well. It's yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I think I'll have one more thing as well, and it's um, if any of anyone listening has any questions for me, has any questions for Will or even Anne, you know what our Twitter handles are, our, our personal ones, we've got our podcast account as well. Just fire questions our way. We can spend a bit of time in a future episode just going over all these questions, and it could be any yeah. questions about whole, even even League One maybe next season the championship or even just football in general football in general yeah but yeah other than that yeah I, I just want to say thanks to people for sticking with us that's great you did my job for me there Joel so <laughs> I wanted to I've been, I've been waiting to do that since the podcast started fair enough but as like as Joel said if you want to get in touch with us go to our tw- um, go to our podcast Twitter which is at whole underscore and underscore back or message any of us all our Twitter handles are on that on there as well but um thank you for joining me again tonight joe yeah thank you i do want to add one thing as well if any of our listeners would like to feature on a on a future podcast just get in touch and we'll we'll look we'll look into it we'll see if we can get see if we can get anyone on that'd be be great yeah spice things up a little bit fan interactions are always great to have to get other opinions so yeah so if you want to like say go to the go to our twitters go to the facebook page anything just let us know and we'll try and get something sorted for you if that's possible and um, yeah. like i say i'll, I'll shop now and <laughs> <laughs> um, like i say yeah so thanks for joining me anyway then joel yeah no worries uh, and thanks Thank everyone for listening to us cheers cheers days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans